For just a few moments this morning, the the book of Revelation, actually, it it just says the, the revelation of Jesus Christ that John gave to us. First chapter, verse number 9 and verse number 10, if you would stand in honor of the Word of God. It is our custom to do that, and we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to read that word today. There are times that you wrestle with a thought until you weary yourself trying to find out what God's trying to say, and then when you step back away from it, the obvious becomes so clear. And the obvious is often what we miss in the Word of God. And I I don't have a deep revelation. I don't have a really deep sermon for you this morning. But I do believe that I have a word and I have a message for someone. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And everybody said, Amen. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. My subject this morning is in the form of a question. And that question is, what are you in? What are you in? Everybody say that with me. What are you in? God bless you. You may be seated. When you read 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10 of Revelation chapter 1, the words that catch your attention are awesome and they are powerful. You hear the word brother. I am your brother in tribulation. I am your companion in trouble. Here is the voice of one who is speaking from experience. He is not telling a tale or some story that he has heard, but he has lived through this hellish environment. He was a companion. He was a co-laborer with those he was writing to. How encouraging it is when you talk to somebody who's been where you've been. Who has experienced what you've experienced. When you go on a journey somewhere, it's always good to talk to somebody that's been there. 
because it will eliminate a lot of the frustrations and the unnecessary things that can sidetrack you on a journey. It's good to know that somebody has already been there and they know what to do and what not to do and where to go and what not to see. You eliminate a lot of unnecessary time wasted because of the experience that you've gained from that one who has been where you are going. And so John, writing from the perspective of experience, begins to talk to the church, the seven churches. He wrote to all of them this particular message. And it was a message of partnership. I know what I'm talking about so I can help you in what you're going through. When you read Revelation 1, and I I like to go there often because of the perspective that John had on so many things. But when I read that those two verses in particular, there are certain words that leap out at me. And I've already mentioned two of them. One of them is brother. The other is companion. But one of them that comes quickly is tribulation. I am your companion in tribulation. The word in the Greek simply means pressure. And all of the synonyms that you can associate with pressure, pain, uh, uncomfortable situation, uh, distress of any kind and every kind, he said, that is where I come from. I come from the experience of living under a great deal of pressure. I've lived through a lot of pain. I've gone through a lot of suffering. And I have endured the hardship of a harsh environment. And I write to you to tell you that there is a way out. The word that caught my attention, though, most of you would read over. Most of you probably would ignore it if you're a speed reader You will ignore it because it's too small to catch your attention. It's too small to have any significance. It's only two letters. And why should I spend time on a word with two letters when I can think about a word like tribulation or I can think about a word like kingdom or patience or brother or companion. And yet the truth is... All that John learned and all that John discovered in that aisle experience was condensed in this one-syllable, two-letter word, in. Everybody say it with me. In. In. It is a preposition that denotes relation. It denotes position and location. In particular, it refers to a fixed position in time or place or state. And John said, I was in the isle called Patmos. I was in the isle called Patmos. You know what? All of us are in something of some kind. 
All of us are in something today. We're in trouble. We're in sickness. We're in distress. We're in pain. We're in confusion. We're in turmoil. We're in distress. We are in hurt. We are in trouble. We are in so, so many things that you could add to that simple word, in. We are not always where we choose to be. John was in Patmos not by choice, but because he had been banished there. He had been deported. He had been exiled, and he had been separated from his brethren, and he had been done so because they could not kill him by boiling him in oil. And so Diocletian, the only thing left to do is send him to this remote colony where they sent prisoners and leave him there to die. And in that little narrow island, he was banished. The word banished brought with it a great deal of other things, person who was banished under the Roman government would be under hard labor wherever he was sent. If you were banished somewhere, you were going to be in the pit. You were going to be in the quarry. You were going to be working hard from sunup to sundown. If you were banished, you were going to be beaten many times. Often in a day, you would be scourged and you would feel the lash of the whip upon your back. If you were banished, you were put in fetters and chains. And if you were banished, you had very little clothing in which to warm your body. And beside that, if you were banished, there was always an insufficient food supply. And you slept on the ground, on the hard, hard, rocky ground. And you worked every day under the overseer of the Roman government. That's what you got if you were banished. And John was not there by choice. You know what I've learned about life? That there are a lot of forced environments that we have to live in. We don't go there because we choose to go there. We don't go there because it's a favorite vacation spot. It's not Cancun. It's not Cabo. It's not Paris. It's not New York City. It's not L.A. It was some isolated, lonely place where a man was sent for punishment. It was a place where a man was sent to be separated from everybody that he loved and every connection that he had to life. It was nothing but a lonely, desolate place. And he was forced there. He was not a volunteer and neither are many of you volunteers for where you are in life right now. Many of you are living in a forced environment. I don't know why, but you have been pushed in to this situation and you have been banished to this particular situation. And there's, it could be for a varied number of reasons. That's not what I want to focus your attention on. The fact is many of you are in environments this morning that are not to your choosing. You are a forced conscript where you are right now. 
If you had your choice, you would not be going through what you're going through right now. If you had your choice, you would not be dealing with what you're dealing with. You would not be suffering what you're suffering. If you had your choice, you would not feel as isolated as you do. If you had your choice, you would not feel as lonely as you do. If you had your choice, you would not feel the separation. I'm among all of these people, but I feel so far away from them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about To be in a crowd of people and yet feel like you're a million miles from anybody that you know. Is there anybody here this morning that can identify with John and say, I feel like I have been forced to this situation. I have been forced into this setting. I have been forced into this environment. And I don't particularly know why. John knew why, but you may not know. Forced environments. Amen. Some of you are there this morning and you feel the pain of it. You feel the pressure. You feel the agony. You feel the weight of it. I don't care how you try to get comfortable and how you try to make it look better. It doesn't look, you you can't, you, you can wash that old hog all you want to, but it's still a hog. You can put a bow around its head. You can put a nice ribbon around its neck, but it's still a hog. And there's some things in life, I don't care how you dress it up. I don't care what kind of flower you put with it. It's still ugly. It's still painful. It's still hard. It's still desolate. It's still lonely. It's still fearful. And that's where somebody here in this service is that this morning. It was a narrow place. It was an island that was approximately 10 miles long and 5 miles wide. It's in the shape of a crescent with the points of the crescent pointing to the east. It was a rocky place and there were a lot of limitations there. There were great restrictions placed on those who came to this place and they came not by choice. Can I tell somebody here this morning that serving the Lord does not exempt you from trouble? It often puts you in trouble. Living for God does not mean that you're going to go through life without any difficulties. That's what's gotten so many people off track in their spiritual journey is because something came into their life that was unexpected. There was some forced environment or some forced thing that they had to live through. And they don't understand it. They didn't know why. And instead of learning what John learned in the midst of such a situation, they gave up and turned away and went back to the old life. But I've come to tell you that there's a, de- there's a better answer for your problem than turning back or giving up. And there's a better answer to what you are going through this morning. Amen. Serving God will call you into things that you did not expect to be called into. But God calls you there so that you can be an example. So this morning I want to share with you the learnings of a sufferer. I didn't come to tell you my story. I've come to share with you his story. I've come to tell you how this man made it through that hellish situation. I've come to tell you that though you are in 
a particular situation, that doesn't have to be in you. Some of you need to let that sink into your head right now. John was in the aisle called Patmos, but he never let Patmos get into him. He didn't let all of that stuff, the, the beatings, the suffering, the banishment that produces bitterness and anger and hate and revenge, all of those things that were in that environment that he was living in. He didn't let jealousy, he, he didn't let envy get into him. Somehow John was able to find a way out and a way through that hellish situation. And though he was in the aisle called Patmos, Patmos never got into him. I wonder what in you this morning. Because whatever is in you is going to determine what comes out of you. Praise God. Whatever is in you is going to determine whatever comes out of you. John was in the aisle called Patmos. But he also was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I didn't come with a great revelation this morning. I just come to tell somebody that you've got to be careful when you're in a place like Patmos to not let it get into you. Because if you ever let it get into you, it'll do its dirty work on you. And you'll get bitter and angry and mean and hateful. And you'll find a way, some way or other, I'm going to get back at whoever caused me to be put here. I'm going to, payday's coming. I may forgive, but I ain't ever going to forget. I'm going to mess with your business a little bit this morning. Because whatever is in you is going to decide what comes out of you. John describes his experience as a sufferer. And he teaches us how to move from tribulation to triumph, from pressure to power, from problems to his presence. And you do that by not letting in to you what you are in. Don't let, don't let the bitterness of of betrayal get into you. Don't, don't let the anger of being misunderstood or misrepresented get into you. Don't, don't let the, I don't even know how to describe it, but this 
feeling sorry for yourself because life has been so unfair to you. Don't let that get into you. Don't, don't let that get in your mind that you've got a raw deal. Because if you ever let it get in your mind that you've got a raw deal, you're going to go through life giving out raw deals. Because you're going to pay back somebody. It may not be the person that hurt you. You may pay somebody back. You may go through something when you were a young person and never got out of it. It stayed in you. And you'll marry somebody down the road and you'll take it out on them because of something you couldn't get out of 20 years ago. I've come to preach to somebody this morning that whatever you're in is going to determine what comes out of you. And whether you get out of whatever you're in, it's going to be determined by what's on the inside of you. I've come to tell somebody this morning that what you are in will determine how you come out. If you're in Patmos and you never get out of Patmos, you know the scenario. But if you're in the Spirit, the Spirit can take you places that the island cannot hold you. The Spirit can levitate. The Spirit can lift you. The Spirit can take you. The Spirit can move you to places that you cannot even imagine. It can take you to heaven. It can take you to where there's peace and joy and happiness and contentment. He can take you to a place where there's no more pain, where there's no more suffering, where there's no more night, where there's no more sea, no more separation. If you can ever get in, in the Spirit. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The only way some of you gotten out of the hell that you were raised in is that you found life in the Spirit. There are some, of people, some people sitting on these pews this morning that if you knew their story, if you knew where they came from, you would be astonished because what you see now is no picture of where they came from. But somewhere back there in their life, they decided that what they were in was not what was going to be in them. And they made a choice back then that's helped move them to a place now that when you look at them, they look whole. They look well, and I'm telling you, they are whole. Because when you get in the Spirit, the Spirit can take you places that can make you whole. He can heal your mind. He can heal your spirit. He can heal your heart. He can heal your hurt. He can heal your disappointment. He can heal all that's wrong in your life. <laughs> oh, there's power in the Holy Ghost. Ah, uh, yes, there's power in the Holy Ghost. There's power in the Spirit of God. There's power that can move you out of your trouble. It can move you out of your trouble. Amen. Did, did I remind you that John said, I was in the isle called Patmos? 
Somebody said, I read some historian that said he died there. No, he didn't die there. He wouldn't have said, I was in the aisle. Was is past tense. That means where I was. I once was there, but I'm not there anymore. I'm just here to tell you that whatever you're in this morning, that if you can live in the Spirit and you can get in the Spirit, it'll get you out of that place that is hellish and that hurts and that is so painful. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to him right now and pray. Oh, God. Somebody this morning, Lord, that can take hold of your word and learn through the power of your spirit what it is, Lord, to soar to height. When you are in the spirit, what is in you trumps whatever you're having to go through. Hallelujah. When John got, and let me just say this, the word that's used for in there in the Greek means become. He had to get himself there. Somebody didn't pull him. Somebody didn't tug on him and say, come on now, please, John, come on. Let's go to the altar this morning. Let's pray today. John got up on Sunday and said, you know where I'm going? I'm going to the house of the Lord. Well, how can you do that? You're on an island in Jerusalem. It's hundreds of miles away. He said, I know a way to get to Jerusalem. And so he got in the Spirit. He got in the Spirit and God took him not to an earthly Jerusalem. God took him to a heavenly Jerusalem. God took him to a place where angels sing. God took him to a place where there was victory, where there were crowns that were being cast down. God took him to a place where there was no more night. Woo! Hallelujah. Uh, I was in the Spirit. I became, I put myself there. He made it through whatever he was living in because he was in the Spirit. And so can you. So can you.